Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Well, I don't see the point in waiting any longer. Let's bring her out. The star attraction, the one you came to see. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Miss Judy Gold. Oh my God, I don't even think we need guests because I think all our guests are in the uh, audience. All right, how do we do this? <laughs> our guests, this is our kill me now moment, is the show actually. Right yeah, so here, let's just start, because usually I have to, hi John, we have to give a kill me now moment uh, up during the week, but today really is kill this me is now. It. This is it, we're so doing it. So our first guest, Steve Sharifa from The Sopranos, uh, he wants a car to bring him here. From Battery Park City. From Battery Park City. So uh, Lauren decides that he's going to take care of the uh, car. Lauren is trans, by the way. Enjoy, kids. And uh, he's going to uh, transformer, transformer, and that he is going to get arrange the car. Yeah, and I did. I've been trying to arrange the car for the last forty-five minutes. Okay, wait. I sorry. Get into the subway. And then you take over after this. And I get a no, no ID. You know how like some people don't have the. So I'm like, hello, Judy, Steve, uh, Lauren. Uh, she said she's getting me a car. It didn't show up. All right, can you take care of it? So then I text Lauren. Yeah. I did that on purpose because that's what he said. And so then I used the, then I called, I texted Lauren, and I got on the train, I got on the express. So I thought I'd get off at 72nd and then take the local. But I get on the express and they say, the next stop is, oh no, I got on the local because it stops at 50th. And then they say, our next, this is turning into an express train. So we stopped at 72nd, then they stopped at 59th, and then they stopped at 42nd. And skip 50. Oh, so I thought, I said, I'm not going to take a fit. I'm not going to react. I went to 42nd. I crossed over. And I took I took one stop. And here I am. Look at that. Isn't that terrific? Go ahead, Lauren. So you, you, you don't even need a car here. And you're the host. Right. Fuck you, Steve, is what I'm saying. These, there are young Christian <laughs> children here. Are you guys Christian? Really? Like, like you go to church and stuff? I am a CH. And where are you from? Connecticut. Christians from Connecticut. Gays from the Upper West Side, right here. Okay. Trans from where the fuck do you live? Queens. Okay, so. So um, I wanted to begin today because it's my show and Lauren continually interrupts me. Um, we got to text our guests and tell them to come on. Yeah, where's Lynn? We have the wonderful Lynn Coplets. You know, all the... What? It's jam-packed. I'm going to introduce some of the people in my life, because a lot of them are here. And I thought, you know what? No better guest than the people in my life. So, uh, I don't know where to begin. What table number is this? First, we have the CBS Play It people here. Thank you, CBS Play It. Thank you. 
Sunday is my birthday. I'm going to be 53, but my agent's here, so I'm going to be 46, okay? Here, this is terrific. Um, here, let's do it. So my agent Jamie's here, um, right there. He is the gayest person ever. I mean, um, married his husband. Where did you get married? In the Hamptons. And his husband is the son of a very famous uh, cardiologist, so he doesn't have anything to worry about. Let's be Jamie, my agent. That's our contestant number one. Jamie, my agent. Uh, across from Jamie is one of the most incredible producers of uh, theater. Uh, a very beautiful woman, uh, and I think uh, she wants to be a performer now because all I see on Facebook are these fucking photos taken by professional photographers of like, I know, and did you see what I wrote on your last photo? I wrote back to you. Oh, you did? I wrote, so, this, so there's this photo, Carrie Lynn Hearn, everyone, Carrie Lynn Hearn. Carrie Lynn, whatever the fuck it is. Anyway, so... Uh, Carrie Lynn uh, produced Clint the Musical, where I played, I played Eleanor Roosevelt and Linda Tripp, the two most attractive women ever in politics. So, and it was a great show, but you know, it was off-Broadway, and you know how off-Broadway goes. But, Carrie Lynn now um, is in the midst of separating, divorcing her husband. Congrats. Which I saw coming a mile away! <laughs> They don't talk like that in Connecticut, do they? No, they talk like this in Connecticut. What part of Connecticut? Fairfield County. Fairfield County. What's, is that the bad one? Oh, the horses. Horses? The kids are great. I like the one in the red on the end, because he's just, yeah, you're orange. He is the cutest thing I've ever seen. And then the middle girl right here is wanting, she's like, what the hell, why are we here? Okay. <laughs> and then the black sweatshirt is like, I am too cool for school, uh, so I'm not even going to look at the pot. And then these two are great. How old are you guys? 16 and what? 17? Life sucks, by the way. And you know what? <laughs> Let me tell you guys, you're 16 and 17. I know that you're from Connecticut, don't believe in climate change, but there's going to be no earth left for you guys. Yay! Have a good night! So, um, Carrie Lynn, what is with the photos on Facebook now? I need to make some money, right? Come up here. You ever Take the thing. I want you guys when I talk to you. So what do you mean you have to make some money? Look at her. Um, I know. I'm just going to do some print work. Oh, you're doing print modeling work. Let me tell you a little bit about Carrie Lynn. I'm watching the World Series, okay? And all of a sudden... Sports. I love sports. I understand you love sports. And there's a lot of people who love sports. But they're not on the fucking Jumbotron for like 15 seconds emoting about the Mets. Literally, the, the Mets, like, you know how the, the what, what should we call it? The Kansas City, that, like, you know how they all fuck, they fuck up at the end? The game, you know how the Mets always screw up right at the end? Yes, I know! In the 11th inning, everyone's at home, like, the most viewers, and all of a sudden, Kansas City gets, like, 20 runs in a row, and they cut to Carrie Lynn Hearn, Going like, like, all right, I know you're listening, but you can imagine the face. Going like this. Like, misconcerned, praying, you know, what's going to happen next? I can't believe this. 
what's going on kind of face for like 15 seconds on national TV. My agent can't get me a fucking audition, and yet she's on national television for 15 goddamn seconds her face. And how many people wrote to you? A lot. A lot. A lot. Um, so Carrie Lynch just put another modeling picture on, and you know what I wrote underneath it? Are you pregnant? You look fat. <laughs> So, Carrie Lynn, thank you for being here. People can follow you on Facebook at Carrie Lynn Hearn slash I'm a hot middle-aged woman. Okay. All right. Bye, Carrie Lynn. We are going to bring up my agent. Let's get up here. This is um, Jamie Harris. And all right. So, does anyone want to go into showbiz at this table? Any of the? No. Don't do it. It's the worst. Okay. We have a kids department. They have a kids, I know, that one on the end, look at this. There's a kids department, you go on it. Then, then all the mothers over here can be sitting in the waiting room like, no, don't do it like that! No, you do it at the room. What did I tell you at home? This is all about me, because my dreams weren't met! Okay, go. That's actually correct. I know. When I go to an audition, right, and there are like kids there auditioning. It, it's it's swear to God, it's Gypsy Rose Lee oh, yes. all over again. Always, not, not always. Actually, there's some great parents out there. You have to say that. Yes, well, and they're right here at they're table right nine. Here at table nine, nine ladies. No, but it's uh, it's unbelievable. These mothers schlep their kids. And the well, kids are my like, actresses don't do it because they're like, oh no, I've got an audition. I'm not taking my kids to an audition. It's, it's women who maybe wanted to. No, it's, yes, it's women. It's like the guy, the thought, the dads at the sports games. Yeah. You know what I mean? That are like, what are you so good in here? What? It's like, it, they're seven, and they're fucking yeah. learning how to throw no, a ball. No, and I think some kids are great. Like, some kids go through it, and, and I'm not the Asian, so, you know. But I, I do see some kids go through it, and they're great. And they're, they come out unscathed. Sometimes, I mean, it's tough, it's business, you know, business. Okay, name the worst parent ever. Not no, you don't have to name them, just tell the story. It's just tell a story. Just a story! Show about Clinton. I know, and you look at those kids, 
and you wonder, I mean, are they going to be on as many antidepressants as me when they get older? I mean, I represent Daisy Egan, and you know, and Daisy, she would actually be a great guest for you. Who's Daisy Egan? She's the youngest Tony Award winner. Oh yes, Daisy Egan. Such an idiot. I'm sorry, really, Daisy Egan. I would love to be a great a guest. I would love it. I bumped into her on the street. You would love her. And, and her father's her. really nice. Yeah. But she she went through a lot, you know. I know. It, how was she? She really busy. Got a call back. Never got cast. How are you going to that? See, the problem with the podcast is when Lauren speaks, what happens? Crickets. Exactly. I actually laugh when Lauren's Shut the hell up. Not in front of me. Okay, so... Uh, <laughs> now I love, I love Lauren. All right, so go ahead. So wait, so what, what, she's how old? She's, I, I can't tell you her age. I'm her age. Oh, God. She's in her 30s. Okay. So what's her hard, difficult life? Well, I mean, she's really, and she has a, a podcast here or something like that, but she, um... Oh, such a good name. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Great. Huh? She had an abortion. <gasps> there are kids here! They don't know about abortion! They know about abortion! I know, that's true. I love everybody! The father right there at the end is really pissed off. I think he's going to stab no, us. No, okay. she's actually through all of these, but her mother um, got sick. But he's not, how old are you? No, he's not. Oh, yeah, I'm looking at him, I'm like, no, he can't. <laughs> He's cute, too. You should represent him. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, good. So what? No, she won the Tony, and then her mother got cancer and passed away. And so she went through a lot of stuff. It was a, it was a really hard. And then when you're a kid, Okay, can we just stop right here? What? She won the Tony. Go ahead. She did. And then but when you're a kid, you're famous as a kid. Right. Right. And then all of a sudden, you grow it's up. It's like high school. Guys, are you popular in high school? No. That means you're going to have a great life, okay? The people who are really popular in high school, peak. that's it. They're done. It's like, oh, I played football, or I was a cheerleader, and that's it. They have no life after that, because nothing can compare to them being like, really popular, okay? I, know, I, think I swear to God. Popular. What? She was popular. I went to school with Kurt Warner and Zach Johnson, and they did okay. <laughs> <laughs> Talking. By the way, Clint's in the musical. 
It was a great show, and our soundtrack, our CD, just released last week. Yeah. And there's Clint condoms. Come on, 18-year-old needs one. And um, that's right. Always use protection. I'm not kidding. No, I do so. Jamie convinced me to do a Clinton musical. Why is Eliza Donnelly on her phone the whole time? You are? Oh my god, I love her. I love Liza Donnelly's here, ladies and gentlemen, Liza Donnelly. Okay, journalist to the stars. Okay, so um, I'm done with you because you do nothing for me, but that's my gauge it. Um, uh, before I bring on the, I mean, I love this woman so much, I can't even tell you, Ms. Coplitz. I want to introduce you to my neighbors who live across the hall. Um, that's Carolyn, Carolyn Dyer, and Peter Gershaw. <laughs> Carolyn and Peter live across the hall. They, this, is, um, this is a sitcom, them. Okay, so they often come, you know, are, I live in a building where all the doors are open, okay? So um, Carolyn, before she met Peter, uh, had her dog Chance, and Chance and Carolyn were very close, and... 13 years together. Yeah, 13 years together, and I often thought that Carolyn, if it was legal, would marry Chance, okay? <laughs> right? They said it wouldn't last. Yeah, and so her and Chance, I mean, literally, I remember there were times, because I live right by the elevator, I would hear Carolyn in the hallway say, Chance, do not smile at me like that. <laughs> We're talking about a dog, okay? They don't smile, okay? How would he smile at you? Yeah, exactly, Lauren. No. Anyway, okay. So then, uh, Carolyn meets Peter, and big, big, they're like perfect for each other. Because Carolyn loves Lucille Ball, and Peter, I don't know. So, um, they had a very nice wedding right after my knee replacement. I was on Viking It. And, um, so uh, in the park, it was a lovely, lovely uh, wedding. And then we went to the uh, sushi place in our building, and I hated the sushi place because the door to their kitchen is right next to the front door to our uh, apartment, and I saw the guy picking his nose. Oh. So uh, that was it. I would not have an avocado at that place. Anyway, get it because it's cream and Booker's cream. <laughs> So why does the kid on the end think I'm funny? He's like constantly looking like, why are we here? Why are we here? When are we going back to Connecticut? I hate Jews. Okay, so. <laughs> Carolyn marries Peter and then decides to get this dog, Lulu, who is adorable. I had a dog, Lulu. Yeah, Lulu. Lulu is the skinniest, cutest dog, now obese, by the way. Um, she's kind of overweight, Peter. So then, a few weeks ago, that's two dogs across the hall from me, who she literally has long conversations with, okay? Then, I don't know, like three, four... That's my phone that I forgot to turn off, and that's... My ex. Bye-bye now! So... Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. A few weeks ago, um, uh, Carolyn decides she needs yet another dog. 
So now, what's the dog's name? Barbara Streisand. Barbara Stanwyck Streisand Walters. Barbara Stanwyck Streisand Walters. Very cute dog. Very cute dog. But I feel bad for Chance because Chance got all the attention, and now boom, Chance is number three. But Peter makes a lovely martini. Uh, I'm telling you what it's like in my house. So, uh, like, I'll get up. I have nothing on. Peter knocks on the door. I just open it. <laughs> Literally. And he's either going to get ice or take my ironing board. I swear to God, I don't even know what he's doing. Um, so anyway, those are my neighbors across the hall, and Peter is rent-a-husband. So anytime I need something fixed, I'm like, Peter comes in. What can I do? What can I do? All right, so that's Peter and Carolyn. Thank you. We have Sarah and Tessa from Primary Stages, where I teach solo performance. Um, they're fantastic. They run the Elmhorn School of Performing Farts. And um, this is where people come in. They're performers and they just fart. That's all they do. And we have the wife of Lauren, Hemda, is here, who was molested by Jackie Martley earlier in the week. Uh, yes. Yes, she was. Okay? And I want to thank you all for being here. John Mudd, one of my lovely students, is here, who I love. Very handsome. Um, Liza Donnelly, amazing writer. What? Cartoonist. Well, cartoonist, but you've written. You have, I've read things that you've written. Writing, drawing. Eh, you know, you can't be a cartoonist. Like, I find cartoonists very fascinating because they're comics, really. They're social commentators. And it's really, a, it's, it's the most incredible way to present a joke. It is. I find that you're coming. You're going to be a guest on my podcast, Liza Donnelly. Okay. We're going to arrange that, Lauren. Oh yeah. I really, because I find you to be a genius and a com you know, and you're a com and you love comedy. I love. I love what you do. I mean, love you just get up there and talk. You right. So you can talk, but you draw. I could never go. Oh, I could. And it's like what? And it, the thing is, it's so. It's one photo. It's like one. Cartoon and it tells a whole story. Alright, whatever. Their lives. I have to I am now gonna intro one of my favorite people. Now, our first guest, Lynn Coplitz. You know Lynn Coplitz. Lynn Coplitz is a very well-known comedian. Comedian. I hate the comedian. Do you like comedian? No. Comic. And um, I respect her on many levels. And the most respect I have, uh, and I respect her most because she came today and made it, unlike Steve Sharippa, who's waiting for his car. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> the incredible Lynn Coplitz. Lynn, Lynn, I'll move it down so you don't have to be out the end. Come sit next to me. Hi, honey. Fisher because I feel thin. Oh, I know. I love Eileen Fisher. 
And I can also go to the maternity uh, session as well. I, no, I, I, I actually have a lot of, I, I actually have maternity clothes. No way. Yeah, you do. they have, and I've never, I, I don't have children, I have nice things instead of children, but I, <laughs> they have that built in to me. I was like, fuck this, why am I wearing zippers and buttons when there's a perfectly good pair of I hands? find it, let me tell you something, I find it to be an assault that we have to wear snacks. These guys walk around, they have like man boobs, they have hair, they have hair coming out of their ears, and they don't have to wear a shirt. They don't have to, you know, wear a shirt, and yet women have to suck their guts in. I swear to God, I'm gonna have intestinal cancer or something from Spanx, I'm not kidding. First of all, I don't, I, in, in case you haven't noticed, I kind of, I'm letting myself go slowly. <laughs> you are not letting yourself go. Do you look, at beautiful. This, look at this thing. I like that school. Aren't they oh, so cute? The one on the end hates me. We have a lot of teaching moments. We can have teaching moments. I already told them that all the popular kids are just don't even pay attention. They're such losers. No, but you know why? Here's the thing. Here's the things you really need to know about why. Especially that look how cute he is. Oh my god, he's getting an agent. He got an agent. How, how old are you, buddy? Eleven. Eleven. Okay, I'm sorry. I know when someone talks directly to you, eleven, it's like shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, that's exactly the face he gave me. Yeah. But it was more like I'm gonna fucking kill you if you don't shut the fuck up. Yeah. Because they don't want to be spoken to directly, and it doesn't get a lot better if they become right. grown men. Right, right. <laughs> it is just added with right. them saying, "I worked all day." Right. right. Yeah. What do you um, want, bitch? Huh? You know what? what? I hear a lot. Oh my god. Is so mad that I said fucking bitch. Look at him. You're from the South. Are you kidding? Okay. You think what do you think kids watch these days on the television? He just mixed this for me. What is that? Amaretta <laughs> sour. Oh, I gotta get a drink. Let's have alcohol. Here, do you want some of this? Uh, I, I brought yeah. some. What is that? I have I don't know. It was I have one of my that was in my refrigerator. It was all I had. Um <laughs> now, first of all. To the to the boy. Are you guys from New York? Are they from New York? No, they're from Fairfield, Connecticut. No, Fairfield County. It's kind of. What? Am I wrong? Yeah. Okay. They're like our food food cousins. See? Yeah. Right. Like they have. Are you guys live in a big house? All of you. Big houses. Yeah. Do you have this? Do you all? And they all have their own room. Do you all have your own room? Because we're cursing, but here's the thing. 
in New York, in everyone, you've all heard. See, have you guys ever heard? Do you remember this curse? Yeah, all the time, right? I heard a kid in the park ask for his fucking apple juice one day. <laughs> this is why I love Lynn Collins. The, okay. the mother yelled at him, and she was like, hey, no, please, what the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> it's my lady. That's my lady. Yeah. What's your name, Bob? Eleven. Huh? What's your name? Gino. Gino. They're Italian. I love it. Gino or Gino? Gino. Gino. Are you Italian? Gino? <laughs> they love the I grew up next Gino. to the Antonellis and the Di Sabinos, and all I lived at the Antonellis' house. Grace. Oh, I love their Grace. And I, did, I just, were like I'm just family. love how annoyed the boys. What, what are you all getting for being here tonight? Are your parents <laughs> giving? Wait. Are you going? Are you going to a show after this? Dinner. Dinner. Where are you going to dinner? <laughs> Carmine's? Smart choice, not to eat But I just want you to know the original Carmine's is a block away from my house, okay? She has Carmine's, of course. So we, uh, um, okay, I'm just going to tell you guys how many cars are you in? You're staying overnight? Wow. Just for us? And it's not even that far away, Fairfield. No, wait, I want to know this. Do wait. the kids have their own room in the hotel? Or who's sharing? Who's sharing? The kids are, the kids are all, all in the one room. Girl? Two different families. So each family. Okay, all I have to say is have you ever eaten at Carmine's before? Yeah. Okay, there's going to be a lot of farting tonight. That's all I have to say. I'm not kidding. If you get the Jardinera pasta, it is like a fucking fart. Like, I swear to God, don't go outside because you literally will fly in the sky. So that place is fart central. Which is okay? fun. Your brother could have Look at Jamie. I can't represent her anymore. She's talking about farting. Thank you for being here. Um, Thank you. Uh, and, and don't that's my agent. agent. I have a new agent, and I came here the other night, and she was on the fucking show. She was the economy. She opened. Oh, the Carol. Yeah. yeah. I know. I'm supposed to go with them, too. At least, like, I'll be your agent. But no, they're fucking agents. Your agent's here, and he's sitting yeah. in the center. Right. I know. Oh, when they fucking do that, I want to get. That's because 
Wait. Then I stopped yelling at him and tell him I'm glad Uber is going to make him starve and I hope he's family starved. Wait, what about... You Kill him, Steve. Kill him. No, no, I got it. Steve, all right. What about when they stop and you're about to get in and they roll the window down and they're like, where are you going? Exactly. And, you say, and that's why they're going out of business. That's right. why kid medallions are down like from a million dollars to right. 800000 because there's no service, they're rude, they're nasty, yeah. and almost all of them, I can say. When they say, where are you going, and you tell them and they drive almost away. Almost all of them, you know. Yeah. They don't speak English. Uh, you know, come on, man. Now, we have an African-American person here. Speak English. Two African-American people. You probably have the best cab stories. Do they pick you up? No, of course they don't. No, because I remember when I used to do spots with Chris Rock, he could never get a fucking cab. He had to go out and get him a cab. And he needs to be green. Well, that's it's all coming back to Yeah, they go fuck themselves. Who taking it away? Now he's fucking asshole. I know, now he's in his Porsche. Steve, welcome to the show. What did I miss? Nothing. You think I introduced all the people in my life. My agent, that's Carrie Lindner. Is that your agent? How are you doing? Jamie. So that's my agent. So that's the guy you should yell at if he get auditions for you? Yeah. All right. I do it all the time. Neighbors across the hall. And that's a family from Connecticut who came there. representing someone else. And they're Italian, Steve. All right. I would like that. Very nice. You're probably related. I'm going to tell you a little bit. Gino. He's cute. I'm going to tell you a little bit about Steve and Lynn. Steve, um, uh, you know, I knew Steve many, many years ago because he was a booker in Vegas, literally. And then he gets a friggin' part in a movie. And now he's like, I mean, he really is, when you talk about stepping in shit, he nice. stepped in shit, but he had, the, he had the talent to back it up. And he was always a nice guy. But you know what? If any, almost any job in yeah. show business, it's, it's about stepping in shit. It's kind of lucky. And, and, I mean, you got to deliver the goods at some point, but it's the right place, the right time, yes. the right role, the right, you know, it's like hitting the lottery. You know? The only Look. thing that bothers me about Steve, and Steve has, did you bring me any sauce? I didn't bring sauce, but it depends what you say. You won't get any, but. She graduated from Troy University, got a master's degree. I can't believe you've ever listened to me this much. I do research on everyone. Ask Lauren. That's true. I do research on every person. Uh, I mean, I have more info about Steve I'd like to share, too. Mm -hmm. uh, penis <laughs> as well. But, um, 
Lynn is, is, you know, a very hard worker. And Lynn, I have to tell you that she comes to New York. She does. Do a stand up? Yes. Oh, okay. well, she does know. stand up. And it would appear that I've been alcoholic now. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Three in the don't do this. The comics will come to New York and they'll be like, I'm a comic and they'll go out at night and they'll starve and they'll complain that they're tired and they don't do anything all day and then they go out and you know, you have to have a job, you know, you gotta learn how to survive. So Lynn, I'm not kidding, she went on stage, she had never I guess you did your set and you gave it to your mother for the first time you're on stage. Before you're going on stage, you hand your first time on stage set that you wrote to your mother and just went up there and spoke. And then the head of the, the person who won the comedy club was like, oh, you want a weekend here? That never fucking happens, okay? Because I wrote, I, can I interrupt? I wrote something that I thought was like comedy. So it was about gerbils in the bud, and it was like horrible. Wow, that wasn't. We got Tino. Oh God, look at my agent. No, but gerbils in the bud. He's it getting, was not like that. Don't go there. But this was back. Don't you know, we're there. talking twenty years ago when the whole, when the whole, um, Richard Gere yes, and the gerbil, and and it was all like really not me. Like I don't do any comedy. It was what I thought comedy was supposed to be. Right. And I wrote it, and, and my mother came from Virginia, and she was sitting in my little apartment in Chelsea, and I was reading it, you know, doing, and it was doing it all sticky, like, you know, so guess what? And my mom was like, this out there, when I got done, she went, what is this? <laughs> like, she was so confused, like, what the hell is this? Like, you're a funny girl, like, what, what is this? Like, what, what, is, what is this topic? What are you talking about? You never talk like this? Your, your voice, it sounds funny, because I used to act, and I would, I would do lines with my mother, and she'd be like, why are you talking like this? And I'm like, you don't know acting. You know, like, oh, you get so mad at God. So now I was doing the whole, like, you don't know comedy. And um, we went we went to Gladys's comedy room, and I and I, I was holding, it was, you know, the open mic spec somewhere, like, 100 people, like, it was packed. And my mom was sitting next to me, and my mom, this was my mom's answer to everything, she said, we can go right now and get a lobster and pretend it's never happened. <laughs> you know, my mother never said that to me. We can go and get a lobster. I never heard those words. I my do something good. Because I'm a kosher. <laughs> but I, I was about to go on and I had my whole thing in my hand and I said, here. And I handed it to my mom and she went, what are you doing? It's bad, but it's something. <laughs> And I said, and that's going to be me. And she said, that's bad. Do you, you think? Wow. Wow. Yeah. It was good. I got, okay? I got laughs. I got laughs. So she said, that's a good story. To you, it's bad, but it's something. Is that how she treated her husband as well? Or her relationships with men? It's well, bad. My, my first father, no, we left it, like in the middle of the night. And, like, and, like, uh, I remember my mother waking me up and she said, I was like eight, and my father was involved in the mom. So you and your mom scooted out in the middle of the night? And my, my dad was involved with some bad people, but he was like a dumb That's not like you, Steve. Is she still alive? And Steve's actually your dad. Well, yes. No, Steve, Steve actually wrote a book. Uh, I've written many books. I know, but one specific book about being a dad. Yes. 
Uh, which Take that these rules. Right. Raising daughters is tougher than I want. Right. So and, comedic look at raising daughters. I'm but, not Dr. Phil. But there was one incident that, you know, really, now kids, listen, because this exact same thing happened to me. We went away, and, you know, it's the first time you leave the kid alone in the house. And you're like, no one is allowed to come here, no. And you come home, and there's like stains on the carpeting. Yeah. Uh, I was one, can I tell you what happened to me? I was in Vegas, they were honoring Florence Henderson. I'm on stage, and my neighbor calls, Basha, and it says, um, something's going on in your apartment, and we, the police are here. I'm like, oh my god. And I'm like, hey everyone, let's welcome Florence, and like literally, yeah. So you had the well, same I, thing. I, 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 we went, it was my anniversary, I think it was like the 20th anniversary. My daughter was like 17. And, and really good kids I have, so never expected it. Never even, she, she was watching her sister, never even had to say, never had to tell the doorman, no one comes up. Because really good kid, never thought it would happen. We get back from San Francisco, and my wife is looking at the floor. Like, and she's going, what's, there's all these footprints on the See, floor. it's the right? floor, I'm telling you. So, so, we start, you know, questioning my younger one. Then I lie to my daughter and say, I saw everyone there on tape. The door oh, there. That's a good one. And you know what? She oh, fell for it. I didn't know anyone was there. Yeah. I said, I have a list of everyone. I'm going to call everybody's parents. And we didn't do any of that. But I think that really pissed. And really, she didn't go out for like a month. I mean, no, for real. Months, it's and it's the best thing that ever happened because really I've never had a problem with it. You know, now she's obviously. So always make good. your friends take off their shoes before. Right. <laughs> you guys are going to say. And there was, you know, you know what the thing you're doing that? Like, I, I said, they could have stole our stuff. I mean, you don't know kids are coming to the house, you know? Oh, it's ridiculous. Kids are stealing but the fact crap. That, you know? that, like, bring in some weird friend that no one knows. Absolutely. Well, I, whenever I snooped around my parents' stuff, I literally was so OCD that I put it back. Like, what are these kids? Like, they think, they're like, you're like, duh, look, I don't know. It's, it's, you guys, it, it, my mother raised me with such fear, like, because it was us against the world. My mother, my, I swear to you, this is true. My mother said, if you open the door to strangers, they cut your face. <laughs> cut your face. <laughs> so how does Halloween make your Did anyone stop 
you on the train? Uh, I got a 9-11 rubber uh, bracelet uh-huh. from someone. They gave it. Uh, I would like that. Yeah, we need some uh, service here, you losers here coming. So, all right, so we're going to talk about the very beginning. Now, I, I started stand-up before both of you. Uh, and then decided to have kids and ruin my career. But here's the deal. <laughs> they ruin a lot of things, don't they? I know, but I would never give that up. I don't, you know, I was like on a sitcom, I was in LA, I had gotten another sitcom, and I was like, you know what? Sorry. They, they're born, and it's like, sorry, it's not about you anymore. It really isn't. But. Oh my God, well, that's my favorite joy. This is my cleaning lady joy. I swear to God, nothing is ever clean. No, she never, and puts dirty dishes. Is this Joy Rex? Yeah, watch. Hello? 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 I'm telling you. Um, she puts uh, like dirty dishes back in the thing. I, I come home, there's like, she's out of her mind though, isn't she? I can't fire her. Oh, wait, here's what she does. I'm gonna tell you something that she does. She, tell me this isn't mental. She cleans the bathroom, I'm not kidding, with palm olive. Dishwashing liquid. It does? Uh, how long have you had it? It's probably a family secret. How yeah, long have you had it? Oh, years. I, I feel like she will die if I don't, if I get, huh? Why can't you fire? I can't. No, it's family. Guilt. I can't. It's, it's too much guilt. Yeah. yeah, you know what really? you do is you get another. Let's ask the rich people. No, no, have you fired your, your staff at all? Is it easy for you to fire your staff? No. You do it? What do you say? You love it, don't you? You love I it. Do the too. father loves it. What do you say? You're the head chopper. What do you say? Like, say, I'll be the same. What do you like, say? This isn't working out? Oh, no. Yeah, it's not working out, so you gotta go. What? Wow. All right, I'll be the clean you're gonna do it. Ready? Oh, I hope everything's okay. I'm gonna go pick up my son in the hospital, and then I have to say, okay, get out. <laughs> she speaks English, the cleaning lady? Oh, right, the cleaning lady. Does she speak English? Yeah, they're in Fairfield, Connecticut. A little bit. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> they're good looking? Who's married? Who's married to him? Get rid of him now. Get rid of him. You're not banging the cleaning lady, are you? She got another cleaning lady, and then the one that was that been with them forever got more competitive and worked harder. Yeah. No way. It's true. No. All right, I'm gonna get another cleaning lady because I can afford it, Jamie. Okay, thank you. Oh, we're gonna get a cleaning lady. <laughs> no, tequila, not tea. No. Feels like this no. should have been established before the month. No. <laughs> Is Cabo Wabo good? Do you clean the bombs? Cabo Wabo <laughs> is it good? I don't want to get a headache. Maybe I'll have, I'll have a martini. Do you have show hands or something? Vodka? So, um, Do you have any potato vodka? Why don't you just get Kettle Rock martini? I don't know. I like I like the potato. Kettle Rock martini. Kettle is potato. Yeah. No, it isn't. That's some crazy coffee. Yeah. It is. All right, I'll have a kettle. Oh, no, wait, I want it neat. Yeah, just learned that! Neat. 
with extra olives. Oh, is me. No, I don't even want. I don't. I, I want it very dry, like my vagina. Uh, like an eight-year-old eight woman's vagina. You know, kids, you'll understand that. My vagina is not dry. I swear to God, I don't have to draw this. Check, please. That's how I order. I have to tell you, when I order a martini, when I order a martini in a, in a restaurant, I say like uh, Chopin martini, dry like an eighty-eight-year-old woman's vagina. I swear to chopping. Can I get a chopping martini? So, what? chopping. What is chopping? Chopin. Oh, chopping. <laughs> okay, so the two of you, Lynn. Yeah. Um. Uh, used to be when people I started stand up in the 80s and you never had to bring people to shows and I just went everywhere I did street fairs I performed I swear to God I performed everywhere but you when you started you had to bark outside and so you know those guys listen got family from Connecticut rich so um, when you walk down the street you see people like oh you've got a comedy show we've got a comedy show ignore that okay Though, and, but what is that? That are those you have, have to bring extra amount of people. So a lot of comics. Show, right? You like comedy? No, you don't like comedy. Right? You're a horrible monster. Never explain to them what, it, what why we did it. So I just pretend I'm deaf. I'm like, okay, uh, Lauren, I'm explaining something now. Sorry. <laughs> All right. All right. So now, what happens is, <laughs> you the guy. So you have you have to. There's so many. So many comics and not enough spots. You know, that's what we call it when we do shit. We call it a spot. So you have to go outside and bring people in. And if you bring a certain it's amount exactly of people like in, you get on stage. It's exactly like being a hooker. You know, you've seen hookers in video games. That's what it's like. <laughs> you beat them up and take your car. You go out and, and where hookers say, do you want a date? We say, do you want to laugh? It's just like that. It's exactly <laughs> that. You pour yourself out. So how many how many people do you have to bring? You gotta get at least it, 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 back when I did it. There were so many people you brought in. Uh, you got more stage time depending on how many. You had to have at least three to go oh, wow. on. And then the more people you brought in, the more stage time. So we would compete with each other trying to get people in. Show business, wonderful. But I was younger in theater, so I would just say, yeah. "Hey, I'll be." No problem. <laughs> See, I couldn't do that because I was a lesbian, yeah. uh, and I still am. Actually. Do but all, I didn't do that. All I wanted to do was be a great stand-up. That's all I cared about. Now, Steve, you were a maitre d'. Yeah, but I'm not a comic. Yeah, but you're a comic. No, I've hosted a bunch of stuff, and I was a correspondent for Leno on the Today Show. Yeah, but I, I used to book acts in Las Vegas. You're a funny guy. And you know what? But you know what I like doing. And you know, because I it, no one questioned me. I, I it was their club, and I could book whoever I wanted, right? So a lot of people that no one would book. I mean, I went to a bar in '68 in Columbus. I was talking to the bartender. She said, "You know, I'm a stand-up. I've been working a year. I'm having a hard time getting a job." I booked her right there. I said, "You want to go to Vegas for a week?" Well, she right. thought I was lying. You know, what's said, her what? And who is she? Oh, see, the story would be so great. But you know, and I, I booked. Then there was a lot of comics that were like big in the '70s: Johnny Dark, right. Kip, Adada, Jimmy Walker. They couldn't get arrested. Right. I yeah. booked all of those guys. You know. That I, is I the worst part. I all those guys. I, 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 I that's that. what need means. I know. So, but you so were that, all, I remember I you because you were always a nice booker. Yeah. Like there are some bookers who are like, 
Well, there were many times where they'd say, oh, we had a woman here two months ago and she didn't do well, so we're not looking at any more women. I swear to God. No, they were just stupid and yeah. they tried to change her act. So, All I wanted to do was be left alone. Right. Uh, and a comic came up to me. You know, uh, Janice Hart, I think, she was in a person, and she came up to me, she said, you never see my act, you never watch me. I said, leave well enough alone. If I see you, I may not book you back. Just do your thing, don't bother. No news is good news, yeah. lady. <laughs> All right, so um, you you kind of you didn't have the intention of being a performer. Not at all. Not, and and then you literally, but did you ever take acting classes? I took acting classes after you got your first movie part. No, I started taking like before the soprano audition. Yeah, but then I started. Yeah. yeah, and then I then I still. I still have a coach now. Yeah, me too. But, Who's your coach? Uh, Joanna Bexon. Oh, yeah, a lot of people go to her. Right, so uh, that's how I did it. I did everything opposite. Agent loves Joanna Bexon. She's in our building. She's great. Wow. She's great. I've been working with her. I'm doing an episode of Blue Bloods. She'll help me Sunday. That's awesome. I'm going to be on next Friday, is my first one. I just started doing something. You, I'm doing my third do one. Do you understand? What, that's what I want, Jamie. I want an episode of Blue Bloods and then a recurring. That's what I want. I'm really aware of that. Okay. <laughs> Do you think they put a Jew on, on uh, Blue Bloods? <laughs> yeah, I think they put Bernie Madoff's wife or something. You can start a new one. I'm not judging you. I'm not judging you. I can go in and say I'm not judging you or your abilities. You're probably at the same time. Oh, he's amazing. Oh, you can't get Judy a part of a murderer on something. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, I was the rabbi on the Big C, on the final episode of the Big C. I was the rabbi at her deathbed at Laura Lynn's That's a very serious part, and I loved it. I like doing serious. I think you'd be good as like a judge on Law and Order. I agree. I told you I want to be a judge on Law and Order. You have to be Law and Order. What, Carrie Lynn? There's only one left. I know everyone's on Law and Order. Okay? Just, I'm not kidding. Law and Order so, is my acting. I'm just telling the story. <laughs> so, I uh, auditioned for Law and Order SVU. Okay? The best one. Okay. This is years ago. And then I get a call from my agent who was a cocaine addict. And she's like, That's Hi, a little bit Judy. of a red flag there. I know. Hi, Judy. Um, so, Hi, Judy. I was. <laughs> yeah, she. Well, first of all, I, I was auditioning for a forensic gynecologist. Okay? I swear to God. She literally calls me up and says, Judy, um, you booked the part of the forensic gynecologist. How appropriate is that? Because I'm gay, so I know everything about vaginas. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's not like I'm going to be like, they show a vagina and I'm vaginas than anyone. I know. I do a lot of vaginal stuff. You know what else you'd be good on Law and Order? I think you'd be good as a, like a defense attorney or one of the uh, I did that attorney. on regular Law and Order. But who, who's doing some gay rights like a really yeah, gay, gay rights like, like, Why do we have to throw gay stuff? She yeah, exactly, Steve. That's because, what I want to be. They have Kathy Griffin I doing it. I think you'd be better at it. You'd make a great dead person. Thank you. <laughs> 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 do they get paid to take 
if it's the body. Yeah. Yeah. How much? It's, you know, what's the question? Should they? So, uh, you get the part. When you got the part on Sopranos, yes. did you know, oh my God, this is it? Not at all, because I, uh, I just flew in, I, I got the role, and I, they gave me one episode. And uh, I did six episodes, I, had a, I was living in Las Vegas at the time, had to fly myself back and forth, put myself up. It cost me oh, really? 24000 to make 22000 No way. I, swear, yeah, I, paid, I paid my own way. would not pay travel. I took oh, a shot. You. you. know. Wow. That looks better. I took a shot, and it, it paid off. The next year, they, you know, moved me here and all. That's my wow. But you, know, you got to take a shot, and I did. Uh, okay. Uh, Lynn, you you got work immediately. Like, you got on that Life and Style show. Like, you went to Stand Up New York. Kerry Hoffman. Kerry Hoffman owned Stand Up New York. We used to call him Coffee Breathman. And, um... Isn't he the, he's isn't like, he the uh, yeah. he's Sinatra, Sinatra guy, yeah. Old Jew eyes, we used to yeah. call him. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. More attention on him than on his like he needs more attention than his clients. Okay, so hey, one of Carrie's. This is what was hilarious to me about Carrie. The first time I went to the Montreal Comedy Festival, Carrie was with me. I'd been doing comedy like six months, which is outrageous to be going to Montreal at that point. And um, Carrie was sitting with, and I was much younger and thinner and whatever. And he said, um, "When I tell you, you're gonna go up the stairs. Go." And I go, "What's up?" And he said, don't crush me, do what I tell you to do. So I'd walk up the stairs and I'd look down, and they have these big networking parties. Oh, yeah. And Carrie running around to network execs going, pointing as I'm walking up the stairs. That was one of his first big moves, right? <laughs> then he would say to me, now just go with this. And he would slam into me at these cocktail parties in Montreal. And I would spill my drink, whatever. And then he would go, oh, I'm so sorry. Excuse me. Oh, Jeff Zuckerman. Have you met Lynn Cotton? Oh, really? my God. That really was one of his plans. Is that true? I'm yeah. All right. Can I tell you my? Do you want to? I will tell you my. I've a lot of people that way. I'm going to tell you I my. I got a deal. I had two development deals. Sorry. I know you did. I never got a development deal. I'm the only comic that never. I did get an HBO series. They don't give them out anymore. I know. You should have watched your Everybody came up back with one. Like in yeah. the mid 90s, right? Did everybody like go? Now, yeah, I did. Now it's digital deals. Yeah. Now, I'm going to tell you my Carrie Hoffman story. I'm I think you're going to enjoy And then I'm going to tell you a Kill Me Now story. Okay? So, Carrie Hoffman, it was about 1986. And uh, I was doing stand-up, but I was a secretary as well, because I'm a Jew, and my parents were like, you know, you have to make enough money to get health insurance. I swear to God. So, and, you know, pay your rent. So I was a secretary. And so they were doing, they had just opened, and Carrie Hoffman would get on stage, he owned the club, and he would open the show, and he'd say, oh, is this the club, the, uh, the the only time you've seen a Jew without making an appointment? That was his opening joke. It was so fucking stupid, like he's a doctor. All right, anyway. So, um, they do, I, I went on and did, you know, competed in The Funniest Secretary. So he starts the show, he's like, we're going to have Funniest Secretary, um, and the winner gets a weekend to you, and uh, a 
instead of your hat, instead of your t-shirt, and I said, okay, so you know, he announces this, and then the, we have the contest, and of course, I win. And he's like, I win it, it's Judy Gold. And so I walk up, I'm like so excited, right? I'm like, how old am I, 20? I don't even know. And I'm 23 years old, and I won the fucking, I won the funniest secretary, and, and I'm walking off the stage, and he says, we don't have any heads of t-shirts left.
maybe my age, and he's with a younger girl, you know, good-looking girl, and he says to me, oh, the show's over, I don't know what to do on Sunday nights. So I say, I can think of a whole lot of things. And he says, that's my daughter. <laughs> sunglasses you know those people and uh you know I'm like oh you're so cool wearing the sunglasses you think you're so hot <laughs> and then I look near the table and there's a cane okay that's number one number two was I'm at the comedy store main uh, no original room and I'm doing a late night set and there's like four people, they're at a table, they're laughing, they're there, and I was like, and I really, I had to do crowd work because there were like 10 people in the audience, like, like here, tonight. So, um, and I said, oh, what are you guys celebrating? And the woman said, uh, I'm getting my leg amputated tomorrow, I have cancer. And I was like, oh, well, it's all about you, isn't it? Oh, This past, uh, not this past Montreal, but here. Oh, we did, but we, before that, can I tell you one? Yes. One I do remember, it, I was in Denver, and um, it was one of those weird nights, it was a oh, Sunday night, so we'd already done like four or five shows, you know, and it was the end of the thing, and I could tell people were in a weird mood, and I said, <laughs> we're through my act, so I go, does anyone have anything bad that they need to talk about? And this lady goes, my, yeah, and I said, okay. What, what happened? And she said, my cat died, and my my father is ill, and I'm going to have to be his do not resuscitate, and I'm, I'm annoyed by it. Annoyed. How do you be so, someone's do not resuscitate? This is in a club, back club. Yeah, but like, oh, you're the one that has to tell the Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, you're the one who says pull the plug. Right. So, I, I got it right away, like I just kind of, something, it clicked and I said to her, are you close to your father? And she said, no. And I said, you've been estranged for a while, how long? She said, 10 years. And I go, and now the asshole's strapping you again to some big decision and you don't even get to grieve the cat. And she said, <laughs> she said exactly, with tears in her eyes, I said, I had the same situation. <laughs> And this is in a club? In a club. Oh, yeah. So I said I had the same thing and with my father. I said, I'll give you one piece of advice. When they call, 
don't, when they call to ask if you should resuscitate, don't say, how much is that? <laughs> <laughs> Just say, I'll be right over with a pillow. Just started making fun of, of the bad day. Right. There's a famous story about Burt Reynolds. He, before he was a big star, he was uh, in a bar drinking here in the city. As, as a guy kept saying, hey, "What the hell you think you are down there?" Blah blah blah. Kept talking shit over and over and over. Really drunk, harassing him. Burt Reynolds gets off the bar, goes down, punches the guy off the stool. The guy has no legs. It's a true story. A true story. skateboard in the subway who had no yes. legs on our torso man. Okay. Yeah. And he is? Yeah, he's he's so just right. a torso. Mm -hmm. I need to know. Is Ben Carson here? I need to know. <laughs> How do they pee and shit? Like, is there... You gotta have the strong upper body strength. I've thought a lot about this. Strong one. upper body strength. And, uh... <laughs> Just roll yourself into the bank. I know, but how do you, like, you eat and then you hold yourself up on the toilet? Okay, 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 okay I'm done with that line. I'm done with one of my best friends. One of my best friends in the world is blind and has one leg. And he he had to he had to come live with me. Sorry, when I'm just it, it happened a couple years ago. He had diabetes. diabetes. And, um, and uh, you know, people, people get very judgmental, kids. When yeah, when happen. people have diabetes, because, you know, it's... No, but, like, if you don't go to the hospital all the time, or did you go see him at the hospital? I'm like, listen, he knows I'm there for him. And I did. I finally said, if you can't get into the... Like, he was trying to get, like, a halfway house thing. I said, you can come stay with me. I live at the three-floor walk-up. Oh. I have a Yorkie that bites you when you leave. And um, and and at the time, I had shit all in the hall everywhere. And I said, I, like, I'm, I'm on the road. Shit. No, like, you know, boxes okay. and stuff like that. Uh, uh, he lived with you for a long time. So, well, he, come, he said, Can, would you mind? I can't get into the thing. I really don't. And I said, of course. He's one of my best friends. So I said, right. come. The day they got there, and I've known him since college. The day they got there, I was at the tanning salon and I was late getting You go to a fucking cancer tanning salon? It's, a, it's, it's cancer! It's really not a big part of the story. I know it was, but I still go over So I um I show up, I'm running late, and I text him, like, I'm sorry, I'm running a little late. And he's on a stretcher with the ambulance, like the ambulance. And they're all, they think God, and I'm like, I'm sorry, I was tanning. And uh, his shower chair and I go, it doesn't fit back. I'm going to have to use a chair from the kitchen. So I just put it in the bathroom. So the guys walked in and they were mortified. Like the EMT guys didn't want to leave him with me. And they would shit all in the hall and stuff. They were like, how is this? How he's going to live? And Mackenzie just said, go, Lynn, please leave us. And then he yelled at them and said, unless one of you want me to come live with you. It's like an episode of Misery. Yeah, that's <laughs> wow, that's incredible. How's he doing now? 
Uh, he, he's dead. No. Anyway. Uh, she died. She passed away. She, she passed away. She's dead. She passed away. He passed away. He's passed away. He passed away. But we did, we've been friends 30 years, so when he was staying with me, he stayed with me six months, we got in a fight. Do not judge what I'm about to tell you. We got in a fight, and I told him, I didn't do it, I just told him I put his leg on the fire escape, because we were we were angry with each other. His prosthesis? Yes, 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 of course. And, um, and, he, and he heard me open the window and everything, and I said, I'm putting it on the fire escape. And next thing I know, he goes, your mother wants to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> and I told call my mother. And you know my mother said to me, sure? my mother goes, Lynette, is this where you want to be? Lynette! Is this where you want to be when Jesus comes back? Is this what you want to be doing? <laughs> it's so great being a Jew not having to deal with that bullshit. I gotta tell you. Make sure you're not gonna come up to me. He's a deranged people. We have it much better. If nothing else, that's what you're gonna come away with. Do not be a comedian. Yeah. They're a little deranged. You know why? Steve, you have to tell the story about how your how you were told that your character on The Sopranos was being killed off and passed away. Right, so.
we were walking down the, the block and I introduced myself. I said, hi, I'm Steve. I play Bobby Buckley. He says, I know who you are. I said, well, we never, you never said hello to me. You know? So uh, we just stood there like kind of staring at each other. It was really uncomfortable. He was tapping a thing and I went, well, thanks for changing my life. And, and he was just oh, you thanked him. I said, thanks for changing my life. And he went, well, you just got a ribbon. Steve, did you consider asking him, is there any way we can rethink that? No, because it was, almost, it was almost over. And I know people did try to talk him out of it. Right. And then there was, uh, uh, I remember Drea DiMatteo when she got killed. I love that. That's one of the best. One of the best. I guess Wait, she, she was told, right, she was told like six months before it happened. So, you know, you know you're out of work in six months, and you got to work every day, and, and I guess David said to him, well, you know, when I told you, you didn't seem like you cared, and, and he, he said, well, what the hell you want me to do, back? You know, and it's like, you know, this is it. This is how it goes, and hey, listen, you're out of work, you know. One, you don't want to, the show is great, we're all friends. Now, they're going to kill you off. You're out of work, that's the bottom line. There's no you still go to set and hang out? No! Then you really, we feel like John Lovitz, doesn't he do that in Saturday Night Live? They say he still comes around, right? John Lovitz so, still acts around. Maybe he'll um, be on. So yeah. that was it, yeah. I went to college with uh, James Gandolfini. He was oh, in my yeah. class, yeah. You went to Rutgers? Uh, I went to Rutgers, oh, yeah. Good guy, good guy. Greatest guy. Oh, oh yes. Uh, Carolyn Hearn's daughter goes there. She loves it? Yeah. I know, it's a hard school. Yeah, Mason Gross is hard. Uh, so, what was, what happened, like, how did you feel when you heard that James had... Oh, no, I was very close friends with him. And, and, and I was telling somebody yesterday, and asked me, I was at Yankee Stadium, and we all have the same... I, I literally was in shock. Yeah, I was at the, you know, I, we have the same business manager and attorney, a bunch of the guys. A Jew? Of course, a Jew. Okay, good. <laughs> hey, but what do you think? I'm going to trust my money with an Italian? Are you crazy? You know, Roger, we we're all very close friends. They agreed. They're like, yeah, I can't do that. You know, and, uh, and Roger called me and he said, uh, you know, I picked up the phone. He said, uh, it was before the game. I was, he said, Jim, Jim passed away. I went, what? He said, Jim passed away in Italy. I said, no, it's got to. And then my knees kind of like almost went out on me, you know. That I, I said, Roger, I gotta call you back. And I called him back. I said, You sure? He said, I just spoke to his sister. Uh, she had called him and he had called me. It happened about an hour before. And uh, by the time, you know, and I was with Mitch Modell, you know, gotta go to Mo's, you know, I was with Mitch and those guys. And I said, Mitch, I gotta leave. Uh, and his driver drove me home. And by the time I was like going down the West Side Highway, the phone was ringing. CBS, ABC, I don't know how they got my number. I, they're they were all calling, and all night long, you know, when I got home, they were ringing my phone, you know, my home phone, you know. And, then, and I, I, look, we were very, very close friends, and I did a movie, a kid's movie, Nicky Deuce. Make sure you get the movie, it's a good movie. And it's one of Jim, Jim's last movies, and a bunch of guys, and I wrote a kid's book, and uh, you shot it in Montreal. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the kind of guy Jim is. I'm shooting the movie in Montreal, it's for Nickelodeon, and he's shooting uh, with Louis Dreyfus, enough said, that movie. And he's in L.A., and I had told him we wrote like one day part for him. And 
he said, I don't know if it's going to work out. I said, okay, don't even sweat it. I appreciate you even thinking about it. I'm in Montreal. He's in L.A. He says, I'll call you back in 10 minutes. He, he said, I'm going to do it. He flew on Friday night after work at 3 in the morning, right? He, he went home, slept a few hours, took, the, uh, took it by himself, took the plane from L.A. to Montreal, got in late at night, worked all day, and then went home on Monday. Wow. And he did that. I mean, right in the middle of that movie. I mean, he didn't have to. And it was uh, pretty devastating. I, I didn't that think, was not that I thought about it, like what happens if this one dies or that one dies. I mean, I didn't leave the cow in my chair like for five days. Wow. Uh, I remember, and uh, I remember that uh, I, I was in. I, I have a house in Provincetown. I don't know if anyone's heard. Only in case. Have you guys been to Provincetown? It's on Cape Cod. Have the kids been? Yeah. Yeah. town So I've had a house there since '94, and a couple oh, summers ago, uh, I bought it for one hundred fifty-nine thousand dollars. It's worth about over a million. No, sixes, seven. Uh, it needs so much work. Anyway, the point is, is that Joan Rivers was uh, doing a show at Town Hall, and I uh, had emailed her. Uh, I have a house here. I know you're coming, um, and I can't wait. She goes, Ugh. well, she wrote me back. You know, she emailed me back. You probably gonna have to do the show for me. I don't know how long it takes forever to get there. It's gonna be so much. Trouble. I mean, like the night. I have to tell you. The nicest, the kindest, the classiest, the most unbelievable human being I've ever met in this business. And uh, I remember sitting there, she, I, she asked me to stay, she said, come in and hang out with me between shows. And I stayed with her, and I, my mother was dying. My mother was very ill, and I said, you know, my mother's dying, and it's really difficult, because she's so much a part of my act. And, you know, she said, you know, uh, it doesn't matter if your mother is, if you're expecting it, it doesn't matter how old she is, it doesn't matter if she's cognizant, it doesn't matter anything. It matter. It, it's your mother. It's your mother. No matter what, it's a big one. It's a big one. And, um, and I thought, I swear to God, I thought to myself, oh my God, what am I going to do when Joan dies? Because she has been in my life as long as my mother's been in my life. She's the reason I became a convict. And... And I remember through my career, I would see her. I remember she had a show, a daytime show, and she, uh, I had just had uh, Ben, or Henry. I think I had Henry. She always gave me sage advice. Like, she was always like, I said, my, my, uh, my, uh, my partner's like, oh, you're weak, because I would come home at night and the kids would wake up. And I would spend time with them, and I and I breastfeed Ben. I love breastfeeding. Anyway, and I would spend time with them, and and sh and Sharon, my ex, would be like, you know, what? they're just screwing up their sleep. And I said, Joan, I don't know what to do. What do I do? And she said, It doesn't matter what time you spend time with them. It matters that you spend time with them. They're resilient, and that's all that matters. And I just, I never felt. I never cried over a celebrity dying until that happened. And Lynn was very close with Joan. I'll cry about it now. I know. Well, she was and, a friend. And, 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 you know, to me, she was a mentor and a friend. And the same, and with you, too. Yeah, she was. Um, but what I wanted to say was, 
when she was still in the coma, we still had a lot of hope. I got there, and I just wanted to see, be supportive of Melissa and Cooper. And Mel said, came walking in, and she was in ICU, and she said, do you want to go see mommy? And I said, oh, it was her crying. No, 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 I just came to support you. It's okay. And she said, no, I want you to come. So she takes me back there. We're walking. People are coming out crying because the Jews were like the Italians. And they were sobbing. And Melissa said, I just asked. We still have hope. Please don't make a scene. And I said, I won't. So she pulled the thing back. And I said, Joan, whatever you do, don't go in the light. Uh-huh. And, and Melissa said, get Lynn a chair. So she, she got me because she said, I have stuff to do, Lenny. Will you stay with her? Well, you know, cause I guess because I was, you know. I did Hollywood Squares with her years ago, and I was in the square next to her. And the camera guys, like before every commercial break, they would yeah. come close. She was, kept saying, back that thing up. Yeah. Back that goddamn yeah. camera up, I told you. Uh, no. Is that the fucking light? When they go on stage you and you want to know when they have to know when they're supposed to get off, they get the light. That's the light right there. You see it? We we covered many topics. Um, I want to thank CBS for being there for play it. and S are here. Liza Donnelly, who's going to be a, few, a guest either next week or the week after. Right. You can't, you can't really? pick your head up. All right. Well, sorry about that. Overwhelming. Uh, thank you, you guys for the back in 